Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Berto is your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. A lot. Whoa, there's a whole lot of stuff here already. Anyway, welcome aboard, Bridge MCP. Welcome aboard, Eric Hayes. Welcome aboard, Melanie Keelan. Welcome aboard, uh, parve, 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 parve. Lee Grant is in the house. Welcome aboard. Who else am I missing now? AVQ, El Senor Rudden already here with us as well. And we have, uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. I think I got most folks. Please ch- chime in. Eric Hayes is also in the house. Uh, Melanie Keelan is from Barcelona, Spain, is in here as well. Anyway, we got a great show for you today. Melanie says, yeah, hello, everybody. Good evening, everybody. Bridge MCP says, hey, y'all. E2247 says, hello, relatives. Today's visit will be the greatest ever, as usual. Update. Willis asking judge to get all 19 on trial start 10-23-23, not 10-19-23. I wonder what that change was all about. Anybody has some info on that? Lee Grant says, hey, y'all, always down to discuss socialism and neo-Marxism. Well, if that's what you want to do, we always have place for everybody here. Uh, Melanie wants to make sure that El Senor... El Señor Rudnin has those kittens under control, and I'm pretty sure he does. Eric Hayes says, China props up its markets due to investors lagging behind. I guess it's called, uh, China is realizing that you have to use at times Keynesian economics, I guess. If the people won't spend, you spend for them until you can prime the economy. Uh, E227 says, you will see it all on the news tonight. Okay. Eric Hayes says more than 650 companies are waiting to list on the Shanghai and Shenzhen uh, bonuses according to exchange data controlling IPOs. Companies in the pipeline for a market debut on the mainland include robot maker Jaka Robotics, semiconductor firm Senji, Shipsbank uh, Technologies, and Swiss Agrichemicals and Seed Group Sergenta, which is eyeing $9 billion this year. Bankers said that the regulatory move to slow the pace of IPOs go against Beijing IPO's reform earlier this year, which sought to move government intervention and reduce the U.S.-style registration. Okay, continuing, we have Bruce is in the house. He says, in the house. Uh, Eric Hayes says, Egberto, why is it called politics done right instead of progressive? It used to be called liberal politics done right. That was the name of the program, liberal politics done right. When I joined the coffee party and I changed my modus of operandi, my modus operandi, I learned from being a part of the coffee party that we needed to be a lot more inclusive from a political standpoint, meaning that uh, I was a rebel rouser. You had to be progressive if you're not doing things the way people say they want it. You know, we don't care about you. And I just learned after being a part of the, actually, I was a board member of the Coffee Party USA. I learned to change the way that I dealt with um, with politics in a way that was more inclusive, in a way that opened the door for everybody. And this is what I've become. That is keeping the doors open and making sure we have not a big tent in theory, but a real big tent where you can actually support, love on, uh, be around everybody from any particular ideology. And that's why I removed the liberal politics done right. A lot of people kind of confuse it thinking right, I mean mean right wing. No, I mean doing it correctly. So I could have called it politics done correctly, but that doesn't have a ring to it. Politics done right has a wing to it. And the liberal politics done right also had a ring to it. But uh, for the sake of uh, transpartisanship, we removed it. All right. Uh, Bruce Pollard is in the house. Michael Ronan says, I never have my kittens under control. Hey, 
I, I, you know, I, I can understand that. I don't think any of us can have kittens or anything else under control, to tell you the truth. Uh, Melanie says, thanks for all the good info and links. Bridge MCP says, last week, Willis stole the court she wanted to begin trial at March 4, 2024, directly in the heart of the primary season and one day before Super Tuesday. But Willis filed a new motion on Thursday asking the court to begin trial at October 23, 2023 for all 19 defendants without waiting on any objection as the sufficiency of the defense Kenneth Chief's cheese roll filing. The state requests that this court specifically set the trial in this case to commence on October 23, 2023, which falls within the term of the next succeeding regular court term after the July-August 23 term. Okay. Peggy Lopez is in the house. Welcome aboard, Peggy. Uh, Eric A. Sigberto, you need that $60 million tent to use for the posse. Hidalgo blew money on. Oh, my God. Eric, you stay on things and you'll never let it go no matter how wrong you are. But I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess some of us, that's just our character, I guess. But, you know, we still love you out here at KPF, not KPFT. This is not KPFT. We still love you here at Politics Done Right on the Coffee Party Network and on every other network that isn't KPFT at this point in time. Sir, still love you to death. All right. Okay, I'm going to start with the first video because I got a lot to cover. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with the Bernie Sanders video. I promised this one to I promised this one to my brother um, Bruce because Bruce said Bruce sent me a note earlier on saying, Egberto, you better be watching this Bernie Sanders talk, which was really, really, really good. But um, I went ahead and got the excerpts that he did on the morning shows, which I think is more apropos to a show like this, as opposed to me going ahead and taking the whole speech and spending the amount of time I would have had to spend to cut it up. I think he did a great job at it. So let's go ahead and do that. But beforehand, did we get all the mail sent up? Because the YouTube seems kind of slim right now. Did that mail go out or not to say that the show started? Let's see. Yeah, it did go out. The email went out. Dems do the economy. Yeah, that email is out. So people, where are my YouTube people? Where are my YouTube people? We don't have enough people on YouTube coming in yet, but I'm pretty sure they are about to get here. All right. I posted a text on the website. Thank you very much, Bruce, uh, um, for posting that. I hadn't checked it out, but I will uh, check it out and, and then tag it along with uh, the blog for the Bernie piece that I did. But anyway, here is the Bernie piece that uh, I wanted to show you guys. I promised this to you yesterday. So here we go. Bernie Sanders is no less progressive than he has always been, but what he is and how he has been since the 2020 election is extraordinarily pragmatic. And if you listen to the way he talks now, he wants to make sure and push those who are elected to do the right thing, to do the progressive thing. However, he understands that progressives to this to this date have not yet mobilized the large percentage of the people who already believed the policies that progressives believe, the policies that people say they want, uh, uh, health care for all, uh, child care, uh, leave, uh, the, uh, the, the minimum wage increase to a living wage, and all these policies that 
that progressives stand for, that that most Americans stand for, but they don't realize that to do that, there are specific people that you need to vote for. And as such, Bernie Sanders is very pragmatic. So I want you to listen to what he has to say. He has a lot to say about what needs to be done. Bernie Sanders has a lot to say about what needs to be done to win 2024 in all three areas, President, House and Senate. It is no secret that I want Joe Biden to be reelected president. If that is going to happen, if we are going to defeat creeping authoritarianism and right wing extremism, there has got to be an ideological change, of course. The fact that you felt the need to do this, should we read into the fact that you don't believe there's a second term agenda yet? that uh, Americans can wrap their head around for what a second Biden term would look like? I think what you can read into that is that Biden has every right to be proud of a long series of accomplishments. You know, two and a half, three years ago, this country was in the worst economic downturn since the Great Depression because of COVID. Today, unemployment is all of 3%. We're gaining new jobs, rebuilding manufacturing. We've invested in the uh, infrastructure. infrastructure. Uh, we're making progress, and Biden has a right to be proud of that. The point of my remarks is that you cannot simply, as president of the United States, rest on your laurels. What you have got to understand is that today, for structural reasons that have gone on for decades, tens and tens of millions of people are struggling to put food on the table. They can't afford health care. They can't afford prescription drugs. They can't afford housing. They can't afford childcare. And meanwhile, in the midst of all of that, you have incredible corporate greed and the billionaire class has never done better. So my message yesterday for the Democrats, not just for the president, is if you want to do well in this election, talk to the needs of the American people, have the guts to take on the big money and trust who have so much power. It sounds like you don't think the phrase finish the job is something to rally around. It's yes. You need to recognize that not only have we accomplished a great deal in Biden's first three years, and he deserves credit for that, but there are so many long-term problems that this country is facing. Does anybody in America think that our health care system is working? And yet the insurance companies make tens of billions of dollars. Drug companies make tens of billions of dollars. We don't have enough doctors, nurses, mental health providers, pharmacists, dentists. So we need fundamental reform in healthcare. And by the way, the existential issue of our time is whether or not we address climate change. And we have made some steps forward, but there is no question in my mind if we're going to provide, allow our kids and grandchildren to live in a healthy planet, we've got a lot, lot more to do. Do you think there'd be a robust discussion on this on the left if there were a competitive primary? Do you think there should be? Well, what I have, I think in this particular time, this particular moment in American history, when we're taking on uh, somebody, the former president, who in fact does not believe in democracy, he's an authoritarian uh, and a very, very dangerous person. I think at this moment, there has got to be a unification mm-hmm. of progressive people in general all over this country. People who are prepared to make sure that women control their own body, that we deal with climate change, that we represent the needs of the working class of this country and take on the billionaire class. Uh, one way that you make it clear that age isn't a factor with you is you're pretty energetic. We see you travel the country. You show up on, <laughs> you do interviews. 
Um, what do you, it is clearly an issue for many voters when it comes to President Biden. He's a year younger than you. You have advice to him on how he should uh, assuage those uh, concerns in the public about his age? Look, when people look at a candidate, whether it's Joe Biden or Trump or Bernie Sanders, anybody else, you know, they have to evaluate a whole lot of factors. Uh, I you know, met with the president, I don't know, five or six weeks ago. We had a great discussion. He seemed fine to me. But I think at the end of the day, what we have got to ask ourselves is what do people stand for? Do you believe the women have a right to control their own bodies? Well, the president has been strong on that. Do you think that climate change is real? Or do you agree with the Republicans that it's a non-issue? Do you think we should raise the minimum wage? Do you think we should reform and take on the pharmaceutical industry? So age is an issue, Chuck, but there are a lot of broader issues than just that. I don't think the man could be any clearer than, than he just said. This is, a, this is a time of concern, and it is a time not to react, but a time to be proactive with the policies you support and talk directly to the people. Bernie Sanders nails it. And I think we all have a lot of work to do, a lot of work that we must do. Absolutely so. Absolutely so. Okay, let's continue reading with what you guys are stating here. Para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver. Bruce, I posted the text on the website. Thank you for that, Bruce. Uh, e, causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of the group, deliberate infecting on a group, conditions of life calculated to bring about the physical destruction, the whole and part. Uh, genocide. Okay, that's what you're talking about. Okay, thank you about that, E2247. Daniel Ledo wants to make me know that at the point in time that he looked, we only had six people on YouTube. I am crying to death. Where is everybody? Well, at least we're up to 10 now, Ledo. But I'm pretty sure we're going to get more. But we do have quite a bit on Facebook and Twitch. But uh, oh my God, only 10 on YouTube. Guys, come on, bring YouTube on and give me some likes. I need it. Actually, thank you guys for being here. I love everybody that's here. All right. Uh, let's see what we got here. Eric says, no, that's not Eric. No, me needs to find a way to stop Restream Bot from allowing an FB user comments to be seen. Uh, when you figure it out, let me know. You're a, you're a uh, sysop on our site. You're a big shot on our YouTube site, Miss Breach. Lee Grant says, if the country is so dang progressive, why isn't Bernie Sanders the president? And that's a legitimate question. That's a legitimate question. We ask the people what they want. They tell us what they want. Progressives want to offer that but somehow we don't get elected. That is a problem of, a, that's a psychological thing we as progressives need to learn. And I'm not sure I have all the answers to that. I think I have some, and you guys have heard me mention some of the answers to that, but I think in the long run, it'll happen. Uh, Michael says, for the conservatives in the chat, understand that not prosecuting crimes of politicians would be political interference uh, election interference. My guess is that one of you have skimmed over the list of charges in the multiple indictments. They haven't read it, nor do they care. Again, they only care when others commit crimes, right? But if it's a conservative that commits crime, they bend themselves into pretzels to find a way to figure out why it, that crime really isn't a crime or that crime was necessitated by somebody else. But he says, Michael Rudden, for the conservatives in the chat, understand that not prosecuting. Uh, I read that already. Uh, my guess. Yeah, I read that one already. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Boy, we got a lot of people writing. Michael says, here's an interactive map. 
of all the infrastructure projects under President Biden. Is it something to put on the screen or not? You didn't say that. Uh, let me see. It's coming up. But, uh, okay, looks like something coming up there. Yeah, that's thousands of projects, right? Uh, here it, uh, did I get it on the screen? I think I got it. Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, let's see, where is it at? Oh, wow. I'm, I'm about to put it on the screen for you guys. There we go. All right, here it is. It's the interactive map. Those are where all the... I'm going to tell you something about that map. Look at that map. Look at where all the major projects are occurring in the United States from the IRA and the infrastructure bill, right? And there's something that some Democrats told the president. They said, wait a minute. Most of those projects are in red states. Most of those projects have a lot. Look at those. Look at the amount that are that are concentrated in those red states. Look at California compared to, let's say, the East Coast. Look at the density in the East Coast and look at the density on the West Coast. Something, some a place that is decidedly progressive. That just shows that we really put the dollars where they belong, and that the red states are in such a state of dilapidation that they suck up all of the money. They got all of the free money. They don't tax their people, so we have to take care of them. And that is what that map clearly shows. It sh clearly shows red states, bigger states, because again, not the people in the states, but what the politicians have done by selling out the, the people of their states to the wealthy class. Thank you for showing that uh, that map, Senor Rodnin, very important map to show. Uh, let's see what else we got. Tom C says, still recovering from being hit by a tornado last Thursday night. Wow, many trees destroyed. Fortunately, house was barely spared. Oh my God, I'm sorry to hear that, Tom C. Wow, I, I, I am glad that none of these trees fell on your home. Sometimes I'm worried about mine. I got a big, humongous tree in my backyard, I hope. Uh, it, you know, the, the tree guy told me he think it's going to stay up. It's been up for so damn long. He doesn't think that one's going to fall. I hope not. All right. Maywood says, good afternoon to everyone. We have Eric Hayes says, Bernie's a rich man. Uh, he's a rich man. I don't have anything against rich people. I just have things against rich people who don't pay their taxes or rich people who don't pay their fair share. Okay. Uh, Lee Grant says, women have the right to control their own bodies and keep those bodies safe from guys who think they... <laughs> Again, you I, I, you must not listen to the piece that I did that shows that most of the pedophiles are pastors and, and Christians, etc. So you can understand why those people are attacking others, all right? Uh, Michael Rodney says, the sad fact is that during the modern political era, when an incumbent president faces a strong internal challenger during the primary, that party loses the general election as well as seats in Congress. I can understand the political inclination to unify the Democratic Party to prevent a third party uprising during a time when your opposition would be regressive danger. To my leftist friends, would you rather argue with Democrats after funding the existential struggle against global warming or would you rather fight against Republicans who will deny, who still deny the global warming? Exactly. You know, I, I, and I tell you something else, right? I think at this time we have to be careful. All right, Eric, uh, they waited, uh, they, Eric, they waited and had two after the left office, but working on it for years. Bruce says, Hitler was a socialist. You have some work to do. Hitler was not a socialist. But anyway, since you brought up that subject, I'm going to play that. That is going to be the video I will play 
I think I'm going to play that one next. So let me make sure to see if I have that one queued up next or not, because I want to play that particular uh, video. Let's see. Uh, his own words prove it was a fascist. Yeah, that, that's the one I'll play next. But anyway, let me continue here. Not on the screen yet. It's actually on the screen. Uh, let's see. Um, Bruce Fowler said Hillary outmaneuvered Bernie is why he isn't president. True. Very true, Bruce. You got it. In fact, we had a, some heavy discussions on that several years ago. Eric Hayes says, guess when power shifts, the prosecution of the people will swing the other way. IVQ says, not on screen yet. What are we talking about, uh, uh, Rudnan? Your, your map is on the screen as I see it right now. I'm looking at it at the screen right now. And I'm looking at it on YouTube right now as well. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Eric Hayes says, I don't know what that is. Tom C says, uh, but lots of stress trying to clean up what we can to repair all the damage costs could be up a hundred K. Wow. To your house. Oh my God. Oh my God. This weather is really causing havoc on a whole lot of folks, man. A whole lot of folks. All right, Bridge MCP says Dem, uh, 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 he's not a. F anyway, uh, Dems pass a bill that GOP said no to. Their state benefits. The GOP rep takes credit. They vote for them again. Look at voting records. I mean, that's what we have to show the people, right? Egberto, a tornado hit Kingwood too, as lots trees down and power out too, and siding ripped off my house. When did that? Ha I know a friend of mine in Kings Point. Her fence completely blew down. Blow that! I didn't know it was a tornado. I thought it was a, a straight winds, uh, but yeah, it doesn't doubt. Doesn't can't doubt that. Michael says I have no problem with millionaires. I have problems with billionaires. It's not possible to become a billionaire without screwing a whole lot of people, and that's true. Bridge MCP says, "Oh damn, Tom C. So sorry. I got hit by twelve years ago. Took a month to clean up. Insurance helped a lot." Eric has to beat his chest as he shows out, Brian. <laughs> All right, let's see what else we got. All right, let's go ahead and play that part. We're Brian, a caller, a, a persistent caller, right-wing caller to my show on KPFT. He said that Hitler was a socialist, and then he immediately made my point himself. Check this out, then we'll take it on the other side. Come on in, Brian. Yes, good morning. Good morning, sir. Talk to me. Why would you think Hitler was not a socialist? How would I think? Because he wasn't. I, I, let me tell you what a, a socialist is. And first of all, I'm not. I'm talking about just a basic socialist. A basic socialist, by definition, believes in things like this: the people control. The people are the ones who uh, vote together to at a, at a company and decide what's going to happen at a company. A socialist believe. You know, we have to stop mis mixing socialism with the the type of politics that they try to scare you into thinking here, all right? Uh, another thing that they do, it's socialized healthcare. Those are the things that make one a socialist. El Senor Hitler was a fascist. It had nothing to do with universal healthcare. It had nothing to do with universal education. It had nothing to do with universal, all these things that take care of people. When you hear the word social, it means people. It doesn't mean anything negative. Now, we try to define it that way because rich people don't want you, Brian, to believe that you should have the things that you work for and deserve. But continue, sir. 
Okay, you just answered my question, and I'll make three easy, uh, actually four easy points on that. Please do. It's called a Volkswagen, Volkswagen, mm-hmm. the people's car. Mm-hmm. It's a Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. The Autobahn. Mm-hmm. Deficit spending built mm-hmm. the Autobahn. Okay. Okay. He also nationalized all the banks. Okay. He took control from the people mm-hmm. into the, the bank banking system. Okay, he, what did you just say again? You said he took control from the people, isn't that what you said? He took control from the people. And okay, the stop national- right there. Stop right there. Stop right there. That is exactly opposite to what I said, right? You said he took control from the people. I said the people take control. Look at that. We are t- we are gr- we are in agreement. You just agreed with me that he's a fascist. No, 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 no. He's not a fascist. You just said it. You just said it. You said he took control away from, from the people. Who owned, who owned the bank? Wait a who minute. The, Wait, the people didn't own the bank. The people did not own the banks. Control of the bank. No, no, no. Wait again, sir. Sir, I repeat it again. We got to make sure we're saying it, talking the truth to the people that are listening. The people didn't own the bank. Who owns the bank in the United States? Who owns the bank? Yes. Uh, probably a corporation. Thank and you. They, and you know what? Uh, Let me tell you. And whose money is it? And sir, the people own the shares. And who's no? Again, I love that you said that, sir. That is where I ask you so kindly to learn about our banking system, because the people, we the people, I want a nationalized banking system because there's no reason for private entities to control our money supply. Think about it. No, listen. No, no, wait. Listen. Listen to what Brian. Could you let me explain, please, before so that we can have a conversation? Could you let me explain? Are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Brian, who owns the money? Who should own the money, Brian? The people should own the money. Okay, stop there. Okay, stop there. All right. And if I tell you right now, the people who control our money are a bunch of plutocrats who we allow to take advantage. We spend a lot of... So so you see, it always turns that way, right? And this comes from what Fox News do to, to my good friends on the right. What, what uh, Newsmax do to my good friends on the right. They believe that when you, when you mix projection with facts, you sort of look silly, right? Because everything that, that, uh, that uh, El Señor Hitler did proved that he was a fascist. Everything that he did proved that he was a dictator, an authoritarian. Everything that he did. And this guy wants to attack me because he said, because I want all these good programs for people, I'm a socialist. Well, look, I I qualify myself as a democratic socialist. Call me whatever you want to call me. All right? I call myself somebody who wants the people to take control of this country. All right? That's what I want. Now, if you, again, you take a look at this, right? He proved my point. There's absolutely nobody who has a thinking mind after being educated that could possibly call Hitler a socialist. And it was so easy because when he started to speak, he proved our point. He proved the point. He said, Hitler took away the banks from the people. What he really meant to say is Hitler was acquiring power for himself. That's not socialism. That is authoritarian. That is 
that is authoritarian. But you know, in America and other places, they have to scare you into believing that what people like me and other thinking people want is a democracy where people are in control and not corporations in control. But if you are misinformed and fooled, you will somehow vote against your own interests because I want health care for all. That's socialism. Don't you want to have health care that's not going to bankrupt you? Yeah, but it's socialism. Okay, so we'll, we'll let you give all your money to the corporations then. We'll let you give, you see that $11 million the Cigna guy got, you see the $12 million the, uh, the other guy got and all these millions that they got? Under healthcare for all, that money goes right back into healthcare, which means you don't have to pay that premium, these high premiums. We just take it out of tax dollars. But you want, it's okay. If you want to donate your hardworking money to that executive who does nothing, okay, so be it. The problem is this. I wish we could, I wish we could say, and this is what I was hoping Obamacare was going to do. When Obamacare had the option to create a public option, I wanted a pure public option and the ability to have the, the other options that are the private companies. Because if we could have done that, there, it is impossible for the private companies to do better than the public option. Mathematics tells you it is impossible. It's simple math. You can't pay CEO big salaries. You can't pay stockholders dividends. You can't pay for advertising costs. You can't pay for database costs. You can't pay for having multiple people in offices to do the same job and somehow say that it's going to be cheaper than having a single payer system. But it, to, to prevent you from being logical and seeing the math in these things, they have to make you get dumb. They have to let you believe that one plus one can equal three. And when you listen to what Brother Brian had to say, Brian was talking the same language I was. He was just using, you know, he was just, he was just channeling Fox News. Fox News doesn't care about facts. They just care for you to go out and say, socialism, communism. And then when you say, don't you want to have health care for all? Yeah. So. I mean, it is amazing. All right, Daniel says, so is Egberto uh, comfortable calling Hitler a liberal? Again, what I said, he was an authoritarian. An authoritarian is not a liberal. We might have called ourselves the liberal party. We chose to call ourselves a national socialist. He just isn't a Marxist-based socialist like you, Egberto. No, he is not a socialist at all. He is a fascist. And what he does is a fascist. Stop calling it Fox News. We know it is not news. Right. We, we should call it Fox Noise. All right. I think you're right about that. Okay. I have one last video to play for my peeps. And this one, and then we go into the subject at hand, Democrats versus Republican economies. But um, this one here is same. I think it's Brian again who for some reason has something, he has something against immigrants. He has something against those of us who want to give policies that will help him, right? So here it goes, and then we'll take it from there. Uh, let's see, go ahead, ahora mismo. 
Let's go to hey. brother uh, Brian. Hey. Brian, how you doing, my brother? Fine. How are you? I am doing fine, sir. Talk to me. It's your floor. Okay. Let's go to immigration. Now we've yes. had a, a, a eleven-year-old girl was strangled and then raped mm-hmm. by an illegal alien. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So far, there's a million undocumented that crossed the border without mm-hmm. seeking asylum. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that got away. Mm-hmm. If just one percent of those million. How many criminals do we have in the United States? Okay. Why would you put that at 1% though? Why would you put it at 1%, sir? That is do a you, low number. They, no, it's a not lot. a low. Does 1% of Americans commit crimes, really uh, violent crimes in America? Probably more than that, but I put the number pretty low. No, actually, no. Let me just say this, Brian. Can I address each of your points now or do you have something else to say? No, no go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, first of all, Donald Trump, and you would hear this, uh, I've said this before, Donald Trump is a very savvy and smart politician. He did something that I, that I always say, I say, don't, don't judge me by what I say, judgment, judge me by what I do. Okay. So uh, and in that case, those were great things that Donald Trump did that Obama himself didn't do that, uh, that Biden didn't do. But you don't look at things on individual uh, natures. You look at them in the aggregate. What are all the other things that have been done? All right. So in other words, Brian, if I want to make a point, right, if I want to to give an illusion of who I am, I can be temporarily nice. I can do temporarily things that goes against the grain. But you show me what I've done over time, over time. And then we can sit down and talk. And what I'm saying is, if you look at the things that Donald Trump has done in the aggregate over time, a constancy of the things that he actually does, as opposed to these instances that you justifiably pointed out, Brian, it's not it's I I don't take back anything when I call the man a racist, when I call the guy a homophobe, when I call the guy a sexist, all those things over his lifetime. I think has been proven. Now you may disagree and that's fine, but I'm saying if you itemize the things that this guy has done, it's great that he he pardoned Johnson. It's great that he pardoned the woman with the joint. I applaud him for that. Not only that, it's great. He did more than that. He also uh, changed some of the rules uh, for incarceration and that sort of, I don't recall what exactly he did. He did that. Great that he did that. But I'm looking at the man as a whole. Now, when you uh, when it comes to immigration, when you speak about the amount of people that got released, there is this false belief that immigrants are uh, are, are crime ridden. Immigrants try to hide in the aggregate, not not the few the few psychopaths out there, but they don't want to have anything to do with the the the, the law. They hide. They don't want to do illegal voting because they don't want to be caught. They want to be here getting getting by. It's false to believe that somehow there's a wave of criminality coming over, uh, coming over the border more so than there's a wave of criminality that leaves our border. I would wager that we as a country. The, the, a lot of the people that we send out, including corporations that we send out to the rest of the world are doing much more harm, I said, in the aggregate than those immigrants coming south of the border. But sitting down and talking about that when there's a Fox News or a Newsmax or a all these station demonizing people and, and, and in a lot of ways having an effect on you as well, sir, in my opinion, that is, I think that's the reason we have issues. We need immigrants so badly. 
right now so badly. And I think it's time for us to sit back, get away from the rhetoric and really talk about what's real brand. But anyway, you're, I've spoken enough. What else do you have to tell me? I don't understand how you think we need immigrants. You don't? First off, they do break law. First off, they do break the law when they originally come over without the proper paperwork. Okay, great. Stop right there, Brian. Uh, wait, wait. I, okay, you want to be strict. You want to be strict on they broke the law. They found a way to get over here. My my thing is, if you find a way and you were able to get in here, I'm not going to throw you back. It tells me that you're an ingenious. You're as ingenious as the pilgrims who came over here and took land that wasn't their own. Okay. Remember that whenever you, whenever we want to jump on our high horse about how bad those damn immigrants are, remember when the original settlers came here, they did much worse. I mean, we should be humble at least. We should at least have like the dignity of humility. Go ahead, sir. Huh? Like the Spaniards taking the Mayans? Like the Mayans? It's all, all of that. Look, Brian, Brian. Brian, all, all of that it's is true. I'm just questions. saying, Brian, humility is a very important thing. We, all right. Have a good one, brother. We, he just didn't get it. He just didn't get it. But let me, let me just say it in, in one phrase. All right. My, my, my theory as, and will, and it will always remain my theory. If a person is ingenious enough to get it to America, I'm going to do little to try, and they're productive in America. I will do little to try to deport them. And why is that? Why is that the regards? Because the, the, the formation of this country is based on illegal aliens, if you want to call it that. Illegal aliens. When the pilgrims came, they set foot here and they decided to take. They signed, they signed treaty after treaty with people whose land they were taking. Treaty after treaty. If the land that they took later on, gold is discovered there, they break the treaties, they bring the army in to kill or, or, or uh, annihilate. So I will not... I will not let, I will never, ever simply say, oh, we need to treat those people coming from down south like animals or somehow, yes, we should, we, we should try to control our borders, the rest. But if other people are able to get around it, good for them. And why? Because you know what? Like I said, if you take a look at those who came and conquered America, they came to kill, maim, and take over land. Those people that are coming up from the South, they just want a job. And many of the reasons they're coming here is because of some of the policies that we have where they are at. And again, we can go into that kind of a discussion at some other time. So uh, humility would have been a good thing for Brian. For those of you who are anti-immigrant, humility and history and learning may be a good thing because our history with regards to how we treated people as we invaded this country, meaning as Europeans invaded this country, what was done to these people were was was terrorism on steroids. Thank you very much. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bridge, uh, did I see something from Bridge? Uh, Daniel said the last uh, thing we need more ed low education immigrants. <laughs> the immigrants in general are much more educated in many fields than many of, of the people who complain about immigrants. Bridge says, Egberto, we are a land of immigrants. The issue is twofold. One, we wreck their country and they need to leave. Exactly. Second, our immigration system needs to 
to be overall i agree i was here for uh for over 38 years and had a green card it took them three years to update it four years to get citizenship amazing my dear beautiful lady uh, michael Rodney says undocumented immigrants have half the violent crimes rates than native born americans the idea that we should demonize and denigrate refugees and immigrants for crossing an imaginary line rather than welcoming them and turning them into productive citizens will never make sense to me it makes no sense it is inhumane it is unchristian it is all those things that we talk about uh, the rates are for homicide assault robbery sexual assault burglary theft and arson without exception undocumented immigrants have the lowest crime rates compared to native born citizens undocumented immigrants are roughly half as likely to be arrested for homicide uh, felonious assault and sexual assault the gas the gaps for robbery burglary theft and arson are considerably larger whereby native born citizens are between three to five more times likely to be arrested for criminal offenses for most crimes the criminality of the legal immigrants tends to be less than that for native born and and it's sad because uh fox news and all these other channels that inform that's why i complain so much about our media they are the ones who create the false notion that somehow immigrants are dangerous the reality is others are much more dangerous uh let's see uh but uh, let's go ahead and go to the next subject at hand. Okay, uh, let, let's for I want to cover one thing real with real quickly, and the first part is I want to get something straight about the deficit. All right, uh, Trump and and Republicans love to accuse Democrats of you running deficits, and the truth of the matter, it is never true, right? Because Democrats have a tendency to tax for what they're going to spend. I mean, they, yeah, they, they have deficit spending too, but nowhere close that of Republicans. And, and I want to read this for you. Both presidents ran, that we're talking about the differences between Obama and, and, uh, and, and, and Trump. Both presidents ran up record-setting budget deficits. Obama's stimulus plan added $253 billion to President W. Bush's last budget to create the largest deficit in U.S. history. The recession reduced revenue by almost $600 billion. As a result, the fiscal year 2009 budget deficit at that time was $1.4 trillion. In fiscal year 2010 and fiscal year 2011, the Obama tax cut extension sent the budget deficit to $1.3 trillion and the economy improved. Each year's deficit became smaller. By 2016, it was only $585 billion. But the deficit by the president increased under Trump's budget even before COVID-19. Let's repeat. The deficit even before COVID-19 had grown to what? Three. Point one trillion dollars, not Obama's one point three trillion, but three point one trillion in twenty twenty. That's a fact. That's something that you can research and find. But the deficit by the president uh, was three point one trillion. Each year's budget deficit adds to the debt. But an economist at the St. Louis Federal Reserve found the reported deficit does not include all of the amounts owed to the Social Security Trust Fund. That amount is called off budget. Every president uses this sleight of hand to make deficits look smaller. As a result, looking at debt by president provides a better gauge of government spending. Trump, be this is this is an objective article. Trump betrayed his campaign promise to eliminate the debt. Trump's plan 
plan to reduce the debt relied on increasing economic growth to 6%. Like most Republicans, he believed tax cuts could spur the level of growth. Still, the data shows that Trump's tax cuts did not reduce the debt or the deficit even before the pandemic hit. Trump promised to cut waste, but some of his strategies fall under the five myths on cutting government spending. These include cutting foreign aid, increasing defense spending to boost growth, and cutting entitlement programs. Research shows these aren't the most effective ways to cut spending or boost the economy. And in that light, remember, in that light, we know now that Republicans are much more uh, debt-driven, inefficient, etc., all right, so that is the article, and I have that linked in here. It will be inside of the blog for this, this particular thing. But here is the kicker now. The most important thing that I wanted to talk to you about today was the following. And it starts, Democrats or Republicans, which is better for the economy? All right, and let's, let's look at how the party's platforms are defined as far as what they believe economically. What they believe economically. Which party is better for the economy? What do Democrats believe? Economic policies, policies, what do they do? Economic policies benefit low-income and middle-income families. Argue that reducing income inequality spurs economic growth. People are more likely to spend than save and invest. Support Keynesian economic theories that government should spend in a way out, spend your way out of recession. And some research uh, shows that economic growth is better under Democrats. Some research, all research prove that the economy grows much better under Democrats. What does Republicans stand for? Listen to this, because they nailed it. Advocates for supply-side economics that primarily benefits businesses and investors. Argue that tax cuts on business allows them to hire more workers, increasing demand on growth, which has turned out to be false, as we stated before. Support the pursuit of prosperity without government interference. Of course, they don't want the government because they don't want regulations to stop them from harming people. And business-friendly approach makes many believe the Republicans are better for economy. In other words... Because they support business, people have the illusion that they're better for the economy. But ultimately speaking, they're not. And what we have here are uh, the list, uh, the, the, the uh, GDP uh, growth for each of the presidents, right? And when we take a look at the chart, and I have the chart, these are numbers that's all verifiable. Look at the presidents now. 184% increase under Roosevelt. LBJ, one term and a half, 29%. JFK, 14%. Clinton, 36%. Only Reagan, because Reagan lied to the people and gave them, he claimed he was a supply cider. He was a supply cider with a bias to Keynesian. How do I prove that? Increase the national budget. Increase the uh, spending in defense by a bunch. Give away a lot of stuff to people. And cut taxes. So he got a 31% increase again. And also we were coming out of a deep recession from under Carter, right? Nixon, 19%. Carter, 14%. Eisenhower, uh, uh, 27%. Trump, 8%. In other words, Trump always claimed how great a president he was. But if we look at the worst presidents economically, the worst presidents economically, what we got there is whom again? Oh. Uh, Oh my God, it was Trump. It was Trump. Okay, so now 
let's let let's take a, it was Trump and the others. But anyway, it is important that we actually analyze this. Now we have to remember that the crash came under Obama. So normalize Obama annual average of increase for the GDP was 1.7, which because Trump served one year on the Obama's economy, his was actually 2.6. But look at the look at the annualized one from all these presidents. The first one, Roosevelt. Second one, LBJ. Third one, JFK. Fourth one, Clinton. All Democrats. Not until Reagan did they do a little bit okay and Nixon a little bit okay, but even Carter beat Eisenhower, Trump, George Bush one, George Bush two, Obama, Ford, Truman, and Hoover. These are not theories. These are the numbers. These are not, this is not up for discussion. These are the numbers, okay? So if we go further into the analyses, right? Here is the actual piece that I, I, I wanted folks to understand. And it goes as follows. Uh, Democrats advocate strong federal government to support welfare and other social programs to help low-income families during the Depression. FDR rallied Americans to support Americans. In other words, they believe, they strongly believe in supporting people. What again do they believe in? Supporting people. What I want to show here is that the lie that you're hearing on TV constantly about how good uh, how good Republicans are for the economy or that the Republicans do better for the economy is nothing more than a lie. And the sad part about it is that the mainstream media, because they are corporate based, refuse to tell Americans the truth. So here it goes. Here is the analysis as far as who is best for the economy. And here's what the article says in detail. The party that's actually best for the economy. Many analyses look at which party is best for the economy. A study for, from the National Bureau of Economic Research found that Democratic presidents since World War II have performed much better than Republicans. On average, Democratic presidents grew the economy by 4.4% each year versus 2.5% for Republicans. That's a huge amount. That's almost 100% more. Think about it. Almost 100% better for Democrats. And just look at Biden's performance compared to Trump. Look at Obama's performance compared to Bush. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not even close. A study by Princeton University's economists Alan Binder and Mark Watson found that the economy performs better when the president is a Democrat. They report that by many measures, the performance gap is startlingly large. Between Truman and Obama, growth was 1.8% higher under Democrats than Republicans. A Hudson Institute study found that the six years with the best growth were even in the split between Republican and Democratic presidents. Most of these evaluations measure growth during the president's term in office, but no president has control over the growth added during his first year. 
The budget for the fiscal year was always set by the previous president, so it's helpful to compare gross domestic product at the end of the president's last budget. For Obama, that would be fiscal year 2009 to September 2018. That fiscal year 2010 to 2017, during that time, annual GDP increased from $15.6 trillion to $17.7 trillion, or 14%. That's 1.7% per year. The chart ranks presidents since 1929. So again, folks, we need to put, we need to be clear, clear visioned here. The fact of the matter is, if you want a good economy, elect democratic presidents. It's no, there's no, there is no, no doubt about it. The numbers don't lie. People lie. The media lies. But if you want the numbers, look it up yourself. You don't have to listen to what I'm saying here. Look it up yourself. These are all numbers that are printed. So to my dear Daniel Lado, to my dear Mike Cisak, to my dear Eric Hayes, to my dear, who else is my other conservative in the house, Lee Grant, you want good economy, a good economy? Go ahead and elect a Democrat. Michael Rudden says the article being read out. Many analysts look at which party is best for the economy. A study for the Bureau, that's what I just read, War to Perform. Democratic president grew the economy 4.4% versus 25 And again, that's almost double, right? So we ought to be right. Well, of course, Daniel is going to say, Egberto is right. Leftists are better for the economy. Just look at the success they've had in San Francisco. Again, uh, you know, I, I love I love how you you change, you change the thing uh, real time. Ledo, Republicans are terrible with the economy, all right? They are terrible with the economy. And it's proven in the numbers. So again, Unfortunately, that's just how it is. And when you guys wake up and start voting your interests and not some false ideology that stands for nothing, more than likely, we can make progress as a society. Egberto Willis, why when given evidence as truth, it is not believed? Mostly because it does not fit their racial feelings. Exactly. It's the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. They don't entertain any other thought. No, they Look, they want to fool themselves, but the good thing about it, Bridge is a following, right? While we have some here that will refuse to look at the facts at hand, right? There are some that will refuse to look at the facts at hand. That's not important if we can get enough people to get around the lie. That's all. Uh, Michael says he's heading out. Before I go, I want to repeat the recommendation from yesterday. Minute Earth has a follow-up for after the live stream. The cruel irony of air conditioning. Thank you for putting that out there. So anyhow, my dear brothers and sisters, remember, if you want a good economy, as the numbers prove, you must vote for a Democratic president. Uh, that is just what the numbers tell you. So if you want to have a good economy, if you want to maximize what's good for you, this is not something that just happened with one president. This is, this is a pattern that one can follow. You want a good economy? Elect the types of presidents that give you good economies. And the only reason Obama isn't on the, uh, near, near the middle top of that list 
is because he had to live with what George W. Bush did with the economy when they sold us out. But anyhow, we are coming close to the end of the program. Actually, we are at the end of the program. And I'd like to ask all my good people to please support our program by going to politicsdoneright.com slash support, politicsdoneright.com slash support. That is how you can find a many different ways to support the program. Alternatively, you can go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter to subscribe to our newsletter. If you subscribe to our newsletters, you get to read all of my books free of charge as I continue to load them up there. But again, thank you so kindly for listening. My name is Arn Watchin. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.